Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Chad Randall at Life Story Church. We are a grassroots church located in the heart of the Bellevue community in Nashville, Tennessee. Our services are streamed live on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. We would love for you to join us. Now here's Pastor Chad Randall. We're blessed uh, by God to be able to meet in this capacity here in this uh, virtual room, as it were, right? So uh, let's take advantage of that, and let's truly fellowship as much as we can on this feed, okay? Also, do me a favor and be sharing this video. Share, share, share. Be interacting. Be commenting. Um, You guys, uh, you can hear already I've got a a little bit of a scratchy (coughs) throat here if you've had... Uh, anyway, if you've been on my calendar for appointments this week, you already know that, but uh, fighting a little bit of a cold, <clears throat> but that's all it is, so uh, we're in good shape and uh, feeling better than I was uh, yesterday already. So uh, not enough to slow me down, right? We're going to get to the Word of God here. We've got a, we've got a second part to uh, uh, this uh, a series that we began, this conversation that we began two weeks ago. Uh, of course, we missed last week because we were uh, uh, out of town, out of pocket. But uh, I'm excited. Uh, last week, we talked about <clears throat> another Jesus. If you've hung out around uh, Life Story Church very much, you've heard me say that phrase before, another Jesus. There's a different, there's literally a different Jesus that different, um, that certain denominations, yes, and or cults, really, uh, teach. If they're teaching a different gospel, they're ultimately teaching a different Jesus, right? And so we talked about that at length last uh, uh, Wednesday or two weeks ago, as far as, well, who is Jesus, then establishing who he is. That way we can always see uh, where the lie comes in, because the best way to spot a lie is to know the truth already. Amen? And all God's people said, amen. Wonderful. So we're going to uh, continue that conversation tonight, <clears throat> and it's all predicated really on 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 through 4. And, um, you know, I really hope that you guys are, uh, uh, will, will share this and will tune in. If you see um, that there, some of your Life Story Church family members aren't on, be tagging names. You know how you do that? Tag names in the feed so people will see that and they'll maybe remember, maybe they're doing something else and they'll catch on because this is really an important conversation for us to have doctrinally. You know, we, we uh, in our hearts when we started Life Story Church, we really felt the Lord speaking to us that we were to be a stalwart for truth, a stalwart for good, right doctrine uh, in this time. And so that's the endeavor of our heart. If you've uh, listened to our teachings very much, you, you, I'm sure you get that right away, right? Hopefully, anyway. Um, but 2 Corinthians chapter 11, <clears throat> verse 3 through 4 is really kind of what we're predicating uh, this conversation, conversation off of. So let's just go ahead and read that right out of the gates here. Can we see that? <clears throat> Uh, and, and cue the Bible pages turning sound effect, right? <laughs> All right. But I fear, Paul writes to the Corinthians, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Oh, and the gospel is so simple. Anybody who's trying to make it difficult, that should be a red flag right there. Verse 4, <clears throat> for if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, and they do it all the time nowadays. You've got to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves, right? 
preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, and that's going to be the focus of our conversation tonight, different spirit which you have not received, because when do you receive the Holy Spirit? Ephesians chapter 1, Paul tells us, when you believe the Holy Spirit seals your heart, guaranteeing your inheritance eternally. So when you believe, when you metanio and believe and put your faith and trust in Jesus, that's when the Holy Spirit becomes indwelling, as it did Abraham, the man of faith, who is our example, who we're learning all about on Sundays in our Roman study right now, right? So um, <clears throat> uh, that's good news. That's good news. So um, we know that uh, <clears throat> uh, we've, you have already received the Spirit within you. So if somebody comes and preaches a different spirit, a spirit different from the one that you know, because when you believed, he indwelled you. So you know the Holy Spirit. You can tell his leading. At that point, he has already begun to put his desires into your heart. So you know him, right? Uh, so if they come and they teach, uh, and if you receive a different spirit, verse 4, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may very well put up with it. And we see that all across America today, people putting up with different gospels, putting up with uh, different Jesuses being taught uh, and trusting in him, that other Jesus, honestly, and receiving, and that's the frightening thing about tonight's study, they receive a different spirit. Paul is saying a different spirit from the Holy Spirit here tonight, guys. So can we see our first graphic tonight? You'll recognize it from last week. There's three main points, a different Jesus, different spirits, and different gospels were covered, <clears throat> were covered in this. And um, if that is not showing up, that's, uh, that has been acting funny. So we'll just not worry about it. If this happens again moving forward... Um, it shouldn't, but don't worry about it. Uh, those three points, different Jesus, different spirit, different gospel. <clears throat> and our focus tonight, as I said, is going to be on different spirits. So for us to discern a spirit, here's where we begin. Are you ready? For us to discern a spirit other than the Holy Spirit, we must first recognize and understand who he is. Just like we must, under, last week we had to get, cover who is Jesus so we can recognize who he is not. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead that is the Trinity, church. That is the Trinity. As we study the New Testament, we find that Jesus Christ never referred, never referred to the Holy Spirit as an impersonal force, okay? Uh, Jesus always referred to the Holy Spirit as a person, for example, uh, let us read what Jesus said to his disciples to prepare them for the arrival of the Holy Spirit. Can we see that in uh, John uh, chapter 16, verse 13? <clears throat> but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So there we have it. Jesus is being very clear here in John chapter 16, uh, verse 13, isn't he? That it's a person. And that's the, that is the breakdown of the language being used there, okay? Uh, in addition to being a person, in addition to being a person, 
we also find that the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit is also God himself, okay? To see this, let us read what the Apostle Peter said to Ananias uh, when Ananias lied about an offering that he had made to the church. We find this uh, conversation recorded for us in Acts chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. Can we see that? Acts chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. We'll get there perhaps, huh? Uh, now, a man named Ananias. So, you guys are going to have to get your Bibles out. You know, I'm, you're not going to get to cheat tonight, I guess, with me putting some scriptures up here, at least here for a minute. So, open with me to Acts chapter 5, uh, verse 1 through 4, okay? Uh, and we'll read. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sapphira, okay, also sold a piece of property. There's a great study just on the meanings of their names and everything. We're not going to get into that tonight. But also sold a piece of property with his wife's full knowledge. He kept back part of the money for himself. He brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart? that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. So let us notice a few things in these uh, two verses. In verse chapter 3, we notice that Peter causes, accuses excuse me, Ananias of lying to the Holy Spirit. Um, notice Peter uh, did not treat the Holy Spirit as an impersonal force, but as a person, okay? That is uh, someone who can be lied to. And in verse 4, uh, Peter identified the Holy Spirit as God. You have lied to God, he said. So consequently, uh, any person or organization that does not believe or teach this doctrine uh, is not from God. So any, any person or organization that does not believe or teach this doctrine is not from God, period. Okay. Some examples of organizations that claim to be Christian but do not teach that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead are uh, I've got three, um, and I'll, if, if our computer stays down, uh, I'll put these graphics up into the family page or email them to anybody who wants them for you note takers, okay? So any person or organization, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I lost my spot. So here's, here are uh, um, some examples of organizations, that's right, that claim to be Christian but don't teach the Holy Spirit is God. Number one, Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses, this is an organization that teaches that the Holy Spirit is the invisible force of Almighty God, which moves his servants to do his will, but it's an invisible force. It's not actually a a conscious being or person, okay? Uh, Christian science is the second one. Christian science, this religious system... Uh, teaches that the Holy Spirit is a divine science, okay? Uh, the development of eternal life, something to that end. A third, you've heard they have commercials all over the TV all the time, the Latter-day Saints. This religious organization teaches that uh, the Holy Spirit is the influence of de- deity, 
the light of Christ or the light of truth, but not an independent um, part of any trinity. Uh, funny story is, speaking of Jehovah's Witnesses, um, I don't know, it was about a year ago or something to that effect, um, did they ever come knock on your door? They came and knocked on my door, which is funny because uh, uh, in our house, there's a little sign on the bottom of our glass door that says, no soliciting, please. Yet they still knocked on the door. So you got to give them uh, points for persistence, right? Um, but uh, I came to the door, and there's a couple of nice, sweet, old, older ladies, and, um, you know, started talking to them. They wanted to talk about uh, uh, Jesus, right? And... So I engaged, <clears throat> and um, as I shared with them that I'm a pastor and, and my faith and doctrine and whatnot, they said, well, you know, the Trinity, that's just a new idea. The Trinity didn't come around until about the 1500s, um, and that's w- what's really beautiful about that is that prior to the knocking on my door, I had just been in my house reading some uh, some of Justin Martyr's writings and the early church father's writings. I said, that is not true. Is that what they teach you? Because that is not true at all. And I had, I had the ammunition ready to go. God is so good. Um, <clears throat> uh, for, that, for that, to that point, um, uh, Justin Martyr said this in uh, 110 AD. He said, there is one God that manifests in three persons. That's a little bit earlier than um, the 1500s, right? I mean, this is uh, second century here. Uh, Origen, in 200 AD, he said, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is a trinity, and all are active in salvation, each one of them. Uh, And Justin Martyr, again, 110 uh, AD, said, Jesus is God. But whoever says that Jesus is the Father does not know God. And there's also a oneness doctrine out there that tries to say that there is no trinity, that God just takes on different forms, and that there aren't, he isn't three in one. Um, That's why, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, So, uh, but the Word of God plainly lays out for us doctrine of trinity, the doctrine of trinity, the understanding of the nature of God was there for us, Immediately, not only in the Word of God itself from the apostles, uh, from the mouth of Jesus, but the early church fathers as well. So, uh, but in addition, addition now uh, to being the third person of the Godhead, we find that the Holy Spirit always bears witness to Jesus Christ. He always bears witness to Jesus Christ. Uh, to see this, <clears throat> I want to read another passage, okay? But let me do this real quick, guys, because I've got so much on here tonight that I want to show you. Um, give me two seconds just to uh, um, uh, check on something for you guys, okay? Because otherwise my whole plan tonight's not going to work. So let me see what's going on over here.
And we're back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed your intermission. Um, so where we left off was uh, I wanted us to uh, take a look at uh, some different uh, scriptures, okay? Because one thing we, we know... Um, oh, did we get that one, that clip up of the quotes? I think you said we did, Andrew. Did that picture show up, Eva, of the quotes of the early church fathers? There it is. Wonderful. So screenshot that, guys. I wanted to make sure you got that, okay? Because this is imperative. This will cut, cut uh, the ground out from beneath any Jehovah's Witness that comes and knocks on your door trying to tell you that the Trinity is a, a late addition to theology, um, as of the 1500s, not at all. The early church fathers, and, and by the way, these were, I had quote after quote after quote after quote. I just grabbed three, okay? So um, literally a bushel full of quotes. The Jehovah's Witnesses also say that Jesus Christ was a, a creator angel, right? That he wasn't God. Um, so there's a million different, not even, not just in the word, but in the early church father quotes, uh, proclaiming the deity of Jesus Christ, that he was both, both flesh and man at the same time. So there you go. Anyway, so one thing I wanted to point out was that the Holy Spirit always bears witness to Jesus Christ. And uh, to see this, let us read another passage of what Jesus says, said to prepare his disciples uh, for the arrival of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 15, verse 26, um, John 15, 26, he said, when the counselor comes, whom I send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Um, with this background in mind, uh, let's read a word of exhortation uh, that's written in 1 John chapter 4, 1 through 3. Let's read that. Uh, dear friends, dear friends, do not be, believe every spirit. Come on now, this is the heart of what we're getting to tonight. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. So you can ask them, right? But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. <clears throat> This is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world and acknowledges the real Jesus Christ. Now, be careful because they may acknowledge a Jesus, but another Jesus. Remember the context here. They may be acknowledging a, a Jesus that is, they believe that he took off his Godhead. They took off, that he wasn't, that he was just a man in flesh and then achieved his godliness. Like he lived the perfect sinless life to become God. There's all kinds of, it's, it's a hot mess out here. And the, Jesus, come and save us, please, right? We're a hot mess, these people. Uh, in any case, in any case, um, uh, let's notice in the, follow, in the uh, following verses, in verse 1, we were encouraged to test spirits. We're encouraged to test spirits. In other words, just because someone or some organization say that they're from God, that doesn't mean that they are, church. We must be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, okay? Uh, we are to test the Spirit to be sure that they're from God. Uh, verse 2, as we saw above, the Holy Spirit will always, always bear witness to Jesus Christ of the Bible. And three, any spirit that does not bear witness to Jesus uh, the true Jesus, uh, as revealed in the Bible, is from the evil one. The above observations, um, you know, or doctrines, uh, 
are what could be called uh, objective facts or truths that may not be easily recognized. However, since we are dealing in spiritual matters, we also must learn to discern or hear the Holy Spirit within us, okay? So to do this, let us begin by recognizing that the Holy Spirit, who is he? Who is the Holy Spirit? He is, first of all, Ruach HaKadosh, and he is holy. So therefore, to determine whether or not a teacher or preacher has been sent by God, the Holy Spirit is speaking through them. The fruits of the Holy Spirit should be manifested and growing in their lives. Second Peter chapter 1 tells us that. The fruits of this Holy Spirit are listed in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 uh, through 23, as well as in Ephesians. But let's look at Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I underline self-control here for a reason. Against such things there is no law, right? The whole, here's the point, self-control. Why do I underline that? Because church... You know, the Holy Spirit has gotten such a bad rap, and he has been so abused, and so many people have been hurt by hijacking and abusing the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Notice self-control. The Holy Spirit does not take over your consciousness, okay? doesn't make you, like, go into a trance. doesn't happen. It's not in the Bible. Not in the Bible. It does not make you lose your mind. He does not take over your faculties, okay? Now, he might give you a tongue to speak in tongues, sure, okay? But, but you control your mouth on whether you open it or not, as evidenced in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, when Paul tells him, yeah, you've got these gifts, and, but, you know, you've got to behave in an orderly fashion, or people from the outside, if they come in and they're unbelievers, they're going to think you're out of your mind. So you have control over the gifts of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit gives you, okay? First uh, Corinthians chapter 14, you can be quiet if you want to be quiet, okay? However, there is a huge movement, uh, New Apostolic Reformation, as, uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of churches are considered part of this movement, that's uh, been uh, teachers of, uh, of true doctrine have labeled them this to be kind of a, so we have something to identify them with, right? And a new apostolic reformation is kind of what it is, but it, ultimately it's Gnostic heresy being taught in the churches in Bethel, Redding, uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California, pastored by Bill Johnson is one of the greatest offenders. Uh, and, but he's not alone. There's um, Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn, Benny Hinn actually has come out and repented for some of uh, his stuff publicly, but, I, you know, uh, give him a chance, I guess. Uh, I haven't seen anything from him since, but uh, I want to I do something tonight because it's a Wednesday night and we're just home on our couches. There's a video that I wish everybody in our church would see and to kind of understand what I'm talking about and how dangerous it is to open ourselves up to a different spirit when you... When you're dealing with a church that is teaching another gospel, 
because they're teaching works-based religion in some fashion, okay? They're ultimately teaching a different Jesus, okay? Because Jesus is, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, my yoke is easy, uh, um, uh, uh, my weight is light, right? Um, Butchered that one. but that's Jesus. Grace is faith plus nothing equals salvation. That's the gospel, the true gospel, okay? Anything that's different from that is a different gospel means it's a different presentation of Jesus. And if you're in one of those environments and you're inviting a spirit to come into you, it may very well not be the Holy Spirit either. And if it's not the Holy Spirit, what kind of spirit is it? that you're allowing in you. And that harkens back to the very first verse that we opened with here where Paul said, you know, uh, um, for if he who comes and preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, if you receive a different spirit which you have not received already, you know, you may very well put up with it. And you may very well uh, accept it. Uh, And that's what we're seeing. So I want to share a video, and I'm Look, I think you're going to find it fascinating. Uh, it's long. It's 12 minutes. But I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it in its entirety. This is what a different spirit in America looks like today. Can we play the video? So to be clear, that is not in the Bible. That is not in the Bible. Uh, Early church father uh, Eusebius in 325 AD, he said this. He said, the false prophet falls into an ecstasy, which is purposed ignorance or involuntary madness of the soul. Sure looks a lot like it to me. I don't know if you caught that in the video, but it's drawing a correlation to the, the practice of Kundalini, which is a Hindu practice uh, over in India. It's made its way over here into the United States, largely through Pentecostal churches, unfortunately. And I say unfortunately because we believe at Life Story Church in the gifts of the Spirit very much. We believe in the gifts of tongue. We believe in the gifts of prophecy, the gift of, uh, of healing, all of it, right? Um, Eusebius, uh, speaking of him, he taught that the gifts of the Spirit would continue until Jesus' second coming, okay? So we believe it, um, uh, but that the real, the real gifts will continue till the second coming. But those who try to force these experiences, try to force these experiences, they end up touching the demonic. And that's what we're seeing on the screen there, okay? That they end up touching uh, the demonic and opening themselves up to another spirit or different spirits other than the Holy Spirit. Does that look like to you the Holy Spirit that you know that sealed your heart when you, when you believed, when you gave your heart and your life to Jesus? Does that look like the Holy Spirit taking control of you, over your body, taking control of you, right? Um, uh, I, I think that the, the video compilations are staggering when you see what Kundalini looks like in practice right next to what is happening in some of these new apostolic Reformation churches. Um, and it's heartbreaking. It's a disgu- it turns my stomach, as a matter of fact. Truly, people are being led down a primrose path in the name of 
Jesus to accept a different spirit within themselves. You notice the mantras and the muttering, uh, especially at the the first one, um, part of the video in Bethel. Um, I wanted to share this with you. Um, uh, Let's see, where is it? I I brought it up. I just thought of it when we were talking. Um, Ken Johnson writes, God commands Christians to pray with intelligence. The pagan type of prayer requires using a mantra, uh, vain repetitions, vain repetitions to empty the mind. Jesus forbade the Eastern form of prayer known as contemplative prayer. Have you heard of contemplative prayer in Christian circles in America today? I bet you have, especially if you're uh, Pentecostal or charismatic at all, right? Which I am. Uh, but Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 7, and it's not in the slideshow, Eva, don't worry. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions. Jesus told us not to do that, vain repetitions, okay? Why? Because that's how, as the heathen do. He said, it's in your Bible, Matthew 6, uh, verse 7. Use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking, okay? Um, This is an Eastern type of meditation. It's found in many places today, um, all over the place. Uh, You know, false prophecies, false gift, uh, false gift of tongues accommodates, um, you know, meditative ecstasy, being practiced in church, churches today, right? Um, let's see here. What else? I got? I've got something else for you here. Mm-hmm. Um, here we go. Uh, here we go. Origin, two forty A.D. Origin. Okay. He said this in his uh, famous work against Celsius. He said uh, Christians still expel demons. Okay, and they still heal the sick. Sick. Okay, so for those uh, Baptist uh, sects that say the gifts of the Spirit are done for today and they're gone, this was Origen, a disciple of the disciples, uh, writing in 240 A.D., long after Acts had been written. Okay, so um, there's a, a lot of teaching out there that I very much think is bad, wrong teaching that the gifts were just for the disciples until their purpose was accomplished. Here we have a disciple of the disciple saying that they are to continue. We already read Eusebius saying that they would continue until the end, right? He said, Christians still do miracles and prophesy today as of 240 BC. He said, a true prophet under the control of the Holy Spirit does not fall into ecstasy or madness like the pagans do. What did that look like? Are you serious? That, did that look like ecstasy or madness as the pagans do? Um, that looks far beyond the pale as far as what Paul, when Paul was talking to the church in uh, Corinth and First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 and 14, especially 14, and he's trying to establish with them how to use the gifts, but to do it orderly so you don't spook off unbelievers, right? I don't think that this was even entering his mind because that's not the true, what the gifts of the Spirit truly look like. What do the gifts of the Spirit look like? Well, we just read it, remember? Uh, the gifts of the Spirit came to us in Galatians. Uh, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, verse 23. Can I see that again, Eva? 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, it is joy, it is peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, that violates, if a spirit is violating your self-control, it's violating the very purpose that you were created here. You were given free will on this planet by God, our Father, to have a choice on whether or not you would love him. By design, he wants you to have a choice. He is, is not himself going to overtake you and take your free will away from you and make you flop around on the floor like a fish, okay? Um, and that is the truth. Uh, so the gifts still operate today. Let me be very clear. We believe in that. And I'm not coming against the use of gifts. But if you think that that's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit is supposed to look like, you have been... Uh, uh, deceived. You've been deceived. And that is a different spirit that is abusing those people, likely because they were given a different gospel. Therefore, we're being taught a different Jesus. And ultimately, that's just a cult, just a cult then at that point. Um, so it's important for us to, what do we always say? We have got to know what we believe and why, we have got to know the truth already or we won't be able to spot the lie because they're calling that Jesus. They're calling that the Holy Spirit, okay? And if you don't know better, as Paul said, what did Paul say? I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve uh, by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Simplicity. Verse 4, so I'm reading from 2 Corinthians 11. Uh, For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. You'll put up with it because you don't guard your doctrine with a double-edged sword. Guys, the hour is late, and Satan is coming to steal the seed that has been planted. He's coming to steal the seed that that the Lord has uh, tried to plant in you. And you know what? We talked about this when we talked about uh, um, that's not in the Bible and another Jesus a couple of weeks ago. You know, Satan, it'd be too obvious just to say Jesus was not real and wasn't even a guy. No, it'd be, it's craftier for him and it's more effective for him to say, oh, no, it's just he was, but he was this guy and then create a different narrative, change a narrative versus then, because when you know there are facts, you can't change the facts, right? But you can change the narrative that make you see facts in a new light. We, it's called uh, a spin, right, in the news media, right? Bill O'Reilly used to have the no spin zone, right? Because either, either party in the political machine is going to spin the story to look more favorable in their, uh, uh, in their party's light, right? Um, so that's what Satan tries to do. He tries to, to get out there and teach a different Jesus, teaches a different gospel, a, a works-based gospel, or a, a Gnostic-based gospel, um, New Age-based gospel, which paints a picture of a d- different guy and then names him Jesus, basically, a different character, names him Jesus, and then uh, you're told to allow other spirits to enter you, and you're getting coached by these Basically, they're yogis getting you to chant mantras uh, in, in a church in California, 
and you think that you just went to church. And, oh, it's evil. It is evil, um, church. The fact is, is that the Holy Spirit's fruit of love uh, is what fulfills the law for us. Uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 35 through 40. Can we read that? Let's read that. Uh, Jesus here, Jesus once spoke to a lawyer. (laughs) You'll enjoy this. Matthew 22, verse 35 through 40. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. Love. In contrast to these fruits that we find, the spirit of the world, okay? The spirit of the world, uh, or our sinful nature, rather, is far from holy, Right? So we see the Holy Spirit operating in love, actually fulfilling the law for us, versus the spirit of the world, which is anything, anything but holy. As a matter of fact, it is self-gratifying. And to see this point, can we read Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21? The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, verse 20, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, Selfish ambition, dissension, factions. We're all familiar with this stuff, right? (laughs) We've lived in this body long enough. Verse 21, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, right? Uh, Of course, uh, uh, this is is the contrast to the Holy Spirit being in us or another spirit being in us, okay? So in addition... uh, Let us read what Jesus had to say about those who are propagating this kind of garbage, okay? Uh, He had some things to say about those who teach or preach or operate in spiritual gifts, yet they continue to uh, live their life in accordance with the spirit of the world or their sinful nature. So here is his warning to these false teachers that are propagating this stuff. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 um, through 23. And I'm going to try to hurry so we can wrap this up in an hour here. Watch out for false prophets, for they come to you in sheep's clothing, Mm. but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. And you can see it. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force anything on you guys, okay? Uh, Verse 18, a good tree cannot uh, bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Verse 19, and every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the uh, the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Verse 22, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Can you see him now? Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray that they come to a true repentance, a true changing of the mind, these uh, teachers, these leaders, and, and those who are being deceived by them. Um, many will say, did we not prophesy in your name 
and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Well, yeah, guess what? It's the name of Jesus, not you, that uh, drives demons out. Um, Then I will say, I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. There's a lot there to dig into, but that's not the point of tonight. Um, I want to notice a few things about that verse, though. In verse 15, on the outside, the false prophets or teachers, you've got to look out, guys, because they appear to be righteous and holy. They appear to be righteous and holy. They say the name of Jesus. They talk about working in the gifts. They talk about healing. They talk all, because we believe the in the gifts of the Spirit is power and healing and strength and everything that we need to accomplish our, our, our mission as ambassadors for the kingdom of God while we're here, right? It's important that we have access to them. So of course, Satan is going to try to hijack that and try to teach people that it's something that it's not, right? And try to get them uh, to open themselves up to another spirit after opening themselves up to another Jesus and after having opened themselves up to another gospel, right? But these teachers, they appear to be holy, righteous. They say the right things. They say the name of Jesus. However, on the inside, they're still very full of the spirit of the world. And again, I can't say it enough. Go watch the American Gospel on uh, Prime, if it's still there. Um, Really highlights what's so wrong with a lot of this movement. Um, You know, a lot of them, they live like kings, like, I mean, my goodness, the pastors on these multi-million dollar, I mean, billion dollar operations, I mean, just living like literal, literal royalty off of, um, you know, the tithes and donations from the little people that, you know, that, that they're deceiving. And it's horrible. So you'll see that fruit in them, um, but you have to be looking for it. You truly have to be Holy Spirit-led. You've got to know the real Jesus. Put your trust in the real Jesus, right? It's simple, Paul said. Remember the simplicity of the gospel. And then you'll see it for what it is. Uh, Verse 16 through 20 highlighted uh, that it's by the fruits of one's life that we can determine whether or not they are from God. In other words, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are present and growing in a person's life when they are filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Do we understand that? If the person is, has the Holy Spirit sealing them, they'll see him making progress. Doesn't mean that's a perfect person. Doesn't mean that they don't still screw up. And it doesn't mean that, and everybody grows at different rates, okay? So the you know, worst thing that church folk do is look down on other people that are still struggling with things that they're not struggling with. Well, guess what? You know, you're probably struggling with something that you're not telling anybody about, aren't you? Right? So, um, uh, but if the Holy Spirit is there, there's going to be progress, and that's what we look for. So we try to be fruit inspectors, right? But ultimately, we're not the judge of anyone's eternal destination. So that's the, that's the sense in which we don't judge. But we do judge fruit on whether or not somebody is a brother or not. Um, or we should be listening to their teaching, accepting them as a teacher or preacher sent from God, right? Uh, verse 21 uh, Plain, uh, Jesus plainly tells us that if we profess that Jesus Christ is our Lord and do not do what he says, then, I mean, is he really our Lord then, right? You ask him to be the Lord of your life. Is he really the Lord of your life? I mean, that's important. A lot of people have emotional moments and then make decisions, but then they don't, they truly don't, you know, they truly don't surrender to him. And that's imperative for all of us if we really want to step into the next 
season of our life. Verses 22 through 23, um, Jesus highlighted that it's not the spiritual gifts or wonders that we may perform in the name of our Lord Jesus that makes us a disciple of him, right? Because they were saying, Lord, Lord, we did miracles. We did this and that, right? No, our discipleship is based upon whether or not we are yielded to the person of the Holy Spirit and his fruits are being manifest and growing in our daily walk, okay? See 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 through 10 on that one, okay? Not only does Jesus say <laughs> that he never knew these false prophets, all right? Don't let that, don't let that be lost in you or teachers, uh, but the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul tells us to stay away from them altogether uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. Let's hit a few more verses before we uh, head out tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Uh, verse 3, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Are we there yet? I always like to say that. It sounds like it. Verse 5, having a form of godliness but, but, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. Church, we, the born-again Christian, are a chosen people. You got to get that and, and feel that. We are set apart for God. He is sanctifying you. Do you know that the word sanctification in the Greek, it means that you are set apart for a higher, uncommon use? Yeah, you, even you, who are new in your walk with Christ. Maybe you just surrendered it this past Sunday at some church or whatever, right? Or maybe when you were alone in your bedroom, you surrendered it to God in the middle of the night, maybe. You, if you have become his heir by faith and trusting him with your eternal salvation, that the cross was enough, that the tomb was empty on the third day, that your debt is paid in full by him and you're putting your trust and hope and faith in that and that he's coming again for you and that when this life ends for you one way or another, you're going to meet him and he has your eternity secure. If you believe that, you are set apart now whether you've been a Christian for 20 years or one minute, you are set apart now for a higher uncommon use for God. Do not be enslaved now, again, to pagan practices and thinking. Do not, please, do not be tricked by Satan. Do not be tricked again by Satan. Uh, um, into believing these, into these pagan ways and practices, that there's some higher consciousness. There's contemplative worship, some high, higher plane of consciousness and spirit, whatever. Wrong. That's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It's in India, and it's in the church now, and it's a satanic practice, kundalini, is what it's called. And they believe that the serpent is twisted up at the base of the spine and through the shaking of your body and all that, it releases. And it's, 
I mean, let's not forget, if you watched our angels and demons sermons, and as in the days of Noah sermons, the demonic is very, very real. You get outside the United States, you get into some of these African nations, you will see demonic things. In the nation, nations that we're blessed. Barack Obama said that this is not a Christian nation anymore. I disagree. <laughs> They're the largest per capita of Christians in the world is in the United States of America. Yes, we are still the third largest mission field in the world because of our population. However, there are so many Christians here that the Spirit of God ab- absolutely resides. Uh, Holy Spirit absolutely residing here. You get into some nations that are, I mean, you'll, get into, you'll see some witchcraft where witchcraft is prevalent, you'll see some true demonic stuff. De- the demonic has power in this realm here, truly does. We're talking about miracles. We talk about uh, during the seven-year tribulation, right? And the Antichrist is going to be doing miracles, right? He'll rise from the dead, you know? So um, these things that sound uh, uh, wild to us now... Um, you know, they're not, they're not as unique as uh, the world has led you to believe. So, um, where are we? I lost my place. I got to talking. I got to talking. Um, yeah. So, I want, you to, I want you to own this thinking. I wanna, let's read First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 10. Can we read that? I want to leave you guys on a high note. Um, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Stand firm in the faith, church. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 through 15. But we are bound to give thanks. We're coming up on Thanksgiving, right? A week from tomorrow. We are bound to give thanks to God always for you. Brethren, beloved by the Lord, that's you. Do you see yourself that way, brethren, beloved by the Lord? Because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification. There's that word. You're called to a higher uncommon use by the, Holy, by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel, not another gospel, for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught. Dang, because don't you know these false teachers are bringing in, they're bringing in, they're bringing in Kundalini from India. In the Pentecostal churches, what's next, right? And they've been doing it for 20-plus years already. Oh, church, Mm-mm-mm-mm. stand fast and hold the traditions and the true gospel, please, that you were taught, whether by word or by epistle, by epistle. In other words, the Bible. Is that crap that we showed earlier in the Bible? I dare you to show it to me. It's not in the Bible. That is not in the Bible. That is not the behavior of the Holy Spirit. That is the behavior of a different spirit. All right. Second Thessalonians, last verse on the night. 
And I don't know if I've got two different graphics. I don't know that they're going to show up because we had our slideshow got attacked by a bug right when we went live. These spirits are not happy about this message. And, you know, maybe we'll just have to recut it and re-record it sometime when I'm not hoarse anyway, right? But uh, <laughs> let's read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17 before we get out of here. Uh, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and, ho- and good hope by grace, may he, church, and this is for you, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word. That's the word of truth, okay, and work. We have got to understand. Let me put a bow on it. A different Jesus equals different gospel. Different gospel, different Jesus opens you up to different spirits. Do not receive different spirits. You don't want to receive a different spirit. How do you not receive a different spirit? Don't receive a different gospel and start believing in a different Jesus. It's that simple. Faith plus nothing equals salvation. That's it. The good works you'll be led into. He's already prepared them for you to walk into. That's it. That's all. Uh, So with that, uh, we'll close tonight with every eye closed, every head bowed. Um, You know, if I made you mad tonight, you can send me an email and we can talk about it, okay? (laughs) But I hope you're more enlightened than anything else tonight Um, because these are weird times, guys. We are truly, truly uh, seeing a, a surge in demonic activity across the planet as we get closer and closer to the Lord's return. And it's so close now, I believe. So as I said, every eye closed tonight, just let's say this prayer. Say, Jesus, I believe that you love me. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose from the grave on the third day. I believe that my eternity is secured because I put my faith and trust in you, that that sealed the deal and has paid my debt, and that I now wear your righteousness to stand before the Father, and that he looks at me and he doesn't see the sin and doesn't see the brokenness. He receives me because of your love and your grace, Lord Jesus. So I say thank you. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom and discernment, Lord God, to be able to spot a liar, to spot a fraud, to spot bad teaching. Give me wisdom and understanding, Lord, to study the word of God and to be able to refute bad teaching, to refute um, uh, uh, um, different spirits, Lord, that come and, and try to uh, parade as, as, as you, Ruach HaKadosh. Um, give us discernment to know, uh, to know you uh, and to know your presence, uh, Holy Spirit, uh, versus the counterfeit. And Jesus, uh, give us the wisdom, Father, to spot the counterfeit Jesuses that, the, that this world is trying to, that this world and Satan is trying to throw at us, the Antichrist spirit is trying to throw at us. So just strengthen your, your children, your people for this hour, Lord Jesus. Heal me of this cold so I'm good to go for the rest of the week, Lord. And uh, we love you so much with all our hearts, Lord Jesus. And, in your holy name we pray. Amen. Guys, hope you enjoyed tonight. I uh, hope we were able to overcome the technical difficulties and you're still blessed and edified. At, at the end of the day, that's all this is about. So if we got that done, we got it done. Um, 
uh, have a blessed week, and uh, we'll see some of you sooner than uh, we'll see some of you sooner than later. But if not before Sunday, we'll see you on Sunday, 10:30 a.m. at Rutledge West, Pegram, Tennessee, uh, just west of uh, Bellevue and Macquarie Lane. And may the Lord bless you, keep you, make His face to shine upon you, pour out favor and grace upon you. May you walk in wisdom and discernment, discerning the spirits, discerning the times that you live in. In Jesus' name, Amen. We love you guys.